Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Tonight, we're talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Verse 2, Across the Spider-Verse. Tonight, we got our very own TV's Casey. That's right. And my very own Spider-Sona this evening. Yeah. And I'm your host, Vacuum Funky Sergio. Guys, Spider-Verse 2, Electric Boogaloo. My gosh. The first one blew everyone's mind with its animation, its storytelling. And some people sing it's one of their favorite Spider-Man movies, hands down, period. Now, one of the best comic book movies ever made. Bro, absolutely. And I would contest that, in my opinion, this was better than the first one. I like it a lot better than any other Spider-Man movie, hands down. But before we wow. get too far ahead of ourselves, Casey, what is this one across the Spider-Verse about? About a year and a few months after the end of the previous movie, Miles Morales is doing his Spider-Man thing. And he's trying to juggle both lives. Can he be there for his parents and his family, for his friends? But can he be Spider-Man all the time at the same time? It's a delicate balancing act, any superhero with a secret identity. So as he, of course, battles a new enemy, a villain of the week, or so we think, the Spot. Uh, a villain of his own creation who is also in that collider accident in the first film. Um and it's a, it becomes a little bit of a wild goose chase where he tries to find himself inside a, an army of spider people. Is he bound to the canon events of his universe? You know, can he withstand betrayal from previous spider people who seem similarly bound to this web of life and destiny? Can he escape from Spider-Man 2099, the man tasked with governing the Spider-Verse itself? And can he even conquer himself in a parallel universe where there never was a Spider-Man? Ooh. So much going on in this movie. So many new characters, so much great stuff. I got to take this mask off and reveal my secret identity. It's too much. I was going to say, oh. how long is that? How long is that going to go on? Like, we'll keep it up here. Bitter, we'll, we'll, stay in the, to... we'll stay in the spirit of things. Oh, my God. He's committed to oh, the bit. Absolutely. I don't know how Spider-Man rolls up his actual mask, but boy, was that uncomfortable. Bro. And then imagine like, he drinks coffee out of it. He eats Jamaican beef patties. Like... Well, he drinks. He drinks. Co he can drink the coffee through the mask. That's the nice thing about this material. It's very breathable. <laughs> so good oh my god absolutely um, incredible but yeah no uh it's he there's a lot for our characters to deal with in this movie and and one of the coolest things is it actually starts out with a cold open with spider gwen um she's you know she's doing her own web slinging thing and she runs afoul of a misplaced renaissance era vulture um and teams up with uh jess drew a spider woman from another universe who's pregnant and riding a motorcycle and kicking ass and of course spider-man 2099 who would become one of the movie's secondary antagonists um but it brings all of our characters to a very interesting place from the last movie at least the the main three the other three have sort of taken a sideline um gwen is having a lot of issues you know coming to grips with having to tell her dad who she is and you know a lot of people have picked up on this as a sort of coming out or trans allegory which i think is pretty cool um they leave it open enough for a lot of interpretation of her character which i like um we find peter b is in the the throes of starting a family and you know very much committed to this uh this group of spider people the spider society but still carrying his daughter in and out of dangerous situations 
Um, and Miles, of course, trying to juggle the double life. Um, there's just a, there's a lot, you know, it, everything it's bigger. Everything's bigger. The, the animation is taken up to the next level with characters like spider punk animated in like eight different speeds to completely throw people's visuals off, you know, all the intricate little details that go into something like Spider-Man India's universe. I mean, even all the little effects with the spot looking like he still has some of those animation grid lines like, uh, you know, like story. He looks still storyboarded even when he's fully animated on screen. There's there's so I mean, we could talk about the visual of this movie for for so, so long, but everything comes together in this movie in a nice little package. Um, you know, the characters have set goals, there's conflict, there's resolutions, and yet it still manages to end on a cliffhanger and be a part one of two for a movie that comes out in what, nine months? Yeah. Beyond, beyond the Spider-Verse. And, and that was a thing to surprise to everyone because I know when I saw that, I was shocked. I was like, wait, part one? Because as the movie's uh, uh, sort of ending, you're like, wait a minute, there's so much happening here. There's no way you're going to wrap it. Okay, you're not wrapping it up. It's just a part two. Because <laughs> you can kind of feel the movie was coming to some sort of climax with the music was swelling. It was cutting in and out of every single storyline that, that we were having. Um, the, the animation was ramping up. The stakes were ramping up. And then it's like, boom see you in beyond the spider-verse i mean the case like you said the animation alone in this movie i mean i think the industry movie industry as a whole needs to take notice of this movie i mean like the acting top notch the animation is absolutely insane it's as if the studio was just like hey animators hey creatives go nuts yeah go crazy we, we can't tell you what to do. i don't know how to like convey to you what you need to do for this movie but do everything we need you to do every possible thing, every possible comic animation style animation trick in this one movie. Get it done. And they do it. Even live action elements like some Who Framed Roger Rabbit thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely insane. And the story, dude. I mean, like, it's it, the animation of the movie seamless. is nothing without a really good story. And this yeah. movie has that. I mean, I, I saw it twice in theaters um once on on like a like a like a pre-opening night so like a, like a wednesday night before even thursday and another with uh family who really enjoyed the movie um, i'm shooting for my third viewing this weekend it's like oh what's coming out the flash now nah, i'll just see spider-man again <laughs> fuck them <laughs> i don't care Incre incredible uh and, and, if, and if we have time after if you want to talk about that we do it too but um yeah, yeah man i mean I, I have so many that's that's what i love about being the residential nerd i have so many people who are just like hey have you seen it can you come see with me like nobody else was can you come, they can look, we, they look to us they yeah. have questions <laughs> ah welcome to my web you have questions about the spider-man <laughs> dude there were so many questions and i think one of the biggest ones you can answer too and a lot of people had casey was who is miguel o'hara so miguel o'hara is the spider-man of the future uh or rather the future of what 1994 marvel comics thought 2099 would be um the interesting thing about miguel is that he did not get his powers from a spider bite which you would think okay this is part of the spider-man lore like what are these classic canon events right you know, you get the bite, maybe you get the dead girlfriend, you get the police officer friend who gets shot. You know, it's still 
very touch and go. We don't know how true it actually is, but it's something that Miguel certainly believes. Um, I would argue Miguel is very much an anomaly. He's very different from your classic Spider-Man, and that's by design. So I believe he was created by Peter David and Rick Leonardi in, in 94. Uh, they launched a whole line of 2099 books, but this was pretty much the flagship. Um, Miguel is a scientist who works for a company called Alchemax. And this is a world that is so deeply entrenched in the future. There's no superheroes about anymore. And it's not that life isn't very interesting, but there's a certain crave for a better time for a golden age of superheroes. And he's put himself to the task of essentially recreating a superhero for a new age. And his company has got him under the gun. You know, he's working hard. He's he's put his nose to the grindstone. He's got a fiance. He's juggling. You know, this guy's got his shit together. Career scientist, handsome, you know. Uh, he's got a partner. Like, it's all... He's, he's supposed to be everything that sort of Peter Parker is not. And they're testing this new, like, gene splicing machine on prisoners and stuff who volunteered for this. And he and Miguel's like, you know what? This isn't cool. I'm not really down with uh, the exploitation of the, you know, the system, man. I'm not here for it. And he's considering quitting. Uh, but his boss drugs him, throws him into the machine and splices him with spider DNA. So no what bite, but, but his genetics are all scrambled up and he's got a lot of cool things and he's missing a few things that Spider-Man have. So for one, he doesn't stick to walls the same way. He's got talons on the end of his fingers, just like in the movie. Um, he does not have a spider sense. So he doesn't have this sort of preternatural danger where he can feel it coming, but he does have extremely enhanced senses which is why when you see him in this movie he's in the dark he keeps his face covered you know he always seems kind of bothered by you know a loud noise or you know something bright you know his his it's like how they describe it in the mcu with you know the tom holland peter is that his senses are dialed up to 11 um even though he clearly has spider sense in those movies miguel's not um That's and most that, that those details from the comics just came through the movie because as you were listing those off i was like oh yeah that's that's exactly what i saw they don't that's explain insane. it they yeah. don't they they don't they don't give spider-man 29 the old let's do this one last time you know comic book flip intro you know they give them they give you as much as you need to know why he's doing what he's doing um you know you also get little snippets of he's injecting you know a little serum into his arm which kind of leans into the whole his genes are unstable he probably needs some kind of supplement um and of course there's the biggest thing about him is that he has fangs and a venomous bite um yeah what's, which, what's that about because gwen alluded to him being sort of a vampire like yeah i think the vampire thing is just a joke to make him look you know scarier uh, uh in the comics it's just like spiders can bite people and some of them are poisonous and he's genetically part spider so this is one of the things he has That's he also has sick. He also has organic webbing. Uh, in the movie, they make it, you know, part of his suit. You know, he's got like energy webs, which is visually much more interesting. But um, they come out of his body in the comics. So no shooters, no web shooters for him. It's all it's all organic. He's he's really he's more man than spider. And no, Rurutu, <laughs> Rurutu. he does not. 
He does not have a Miguel tingle. Miguel tingle. <laughs> Although if you're if you've been on Twitter and Tumblr lately, there's a lot of tingle for this man. Okay. I tell you what. <laughs> okay. I tell you what. A lot what. of people thirsting for for Miguel. Everybody all across all across their Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I can go into Jessica Drew too, real quick, if you want. Another Spider character who is very much an anomaly. Um, got her powers. Originally, uh, the high, you know the High Evolutionary from Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Yeah. So imagine he took a spider and made it into a human woman. Ooh. Right? Yeah. It's weird. It's pretty weird. But then they're like, oh, no, she's just, uh, you know, her father or mother experimented on her while she was in utero with spider DNA. And then... It gets all mixed up and messy. She's got like fake memories. Was she always a Hydra agent? Like, who knows? The history of Jessica Drew in the main universe of comics is a hot mess. Um, but again, not a spider bite on whatever level or whatever origin you subscribe to, or maybe true at this time, of which I'm not sure. Uh, it's genetic experimentation. She's got pheromone powers and she could shoot venom blasts out of her hands. Um, and she can fly. She can just fly. What? That's sick. Yeah, she could just fly. It's like no problem. Or maybe she could. She has like you know the the web armpits where she can glide. Um, but I'm pretty sure she can fly. Yeah, um, that's another thing. The pregnant version here comes from a a run about maybe eight or nine years ago where she was actually fighting crime while pregnant, um, which is a pretty interesting take on the character. And you think like, oh, she's putting the baby in danger, and it's like, dude, that baby could probably kick through concrete. <laughs> like, like you know if a regular thug is gonna try and punch this woman in the stomach like they'll probably break their hand like it's just you know it's just yeah, I, when, okay, a, lot, a lot of people who aren't familiar with her character were just like wait a minute why is there there's a pregnant spider lady isn't that dangerous because you know yeah. order, every like they don't know any of this stuff i mean i i didn't know this about her either so it's just like the pregnant version that's so such an interesting version of her to do because when i googled her i was like wait a minute there's like different versions so i yeah. guess we're doing this one to make it interesting yeah uh, to do, I, more, I, do more of the, the family aspect because you got peter who has his baby and you got right. her who has a baby inside her <laughs> i don't know Make yeah. more family i guess so you know and again so again total anomaly there i mean maybe they've rewritten her history to be something totally unique which is very possible i mean i've never seen the web shoot out of the fingers before that's a pretty cool trick. Yeah, I think it's um, a pretty interesting look. They've really they really went out of their way to make all these spider people visually and like power-wise very distinct. Um I'm a I'm a big big fan. Dude, like in in a movie with so many spider people, spider persons, they all have their unique individualities and you can kind of grab onto one. Like you see people now who have different fan bases from what they've seen in the movie. Like a lot of people who didn't know about Miguel, like, okay, it's my favorite one. I'm cosplaying him for the next comic con, you know, or like, you know, there's some people who are growing up now from the younger generation who just got on to Gwen to, to go spy. They're like, Oh wow. That, I didn't know she existed. This is awesome. You know, a lot like, of people I, also forget her code name is ghost spider. Ghost spider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is there a reason why it's ghost spider? So, originally, I guess the origins of, of Spider-Gwen were, they were throwing Gwen Stacy on all of these covers, right? Like, it would be like, a, ooh, it's a Gwen Stacy variant. Here's Gwen Stacy as Captain America, and Gwen Stacy as the Hulk, and Iron Gwen. Oh, it's the Agwengers. And then they did Gwen Stacy the as... Agwengers. Yeah. yeah, then they did Gwen Stacy as Spider-Man, and the idea kind of took traction, and they 
they did a little story about her own universe and they wrapped it into the the actual Spider-Verse comic and they just made it a thing. Um, you know, it's also where you got stuff like Gwenpool from, uh, who's a, a fairly popular character to a lot of people, you know, reading Marvel now, but um yeah, so it the 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 costume was great, the book took off, people really liked the style. Um and yeah, wait, what was your question? I lost myself in a in a rambling tangent. <laughs> what like why she's called Ghost Spider? Oh yeah. So I think they just didn't want to call her Spider Woman or well, you can't call her Spider Gwen in universe because she has a secret identity. In the first movie, she describes herself as Spider Woman, right? But then in the comics, her codename is Ghost Spider, presumably because Jessica Drew as Spider Woman had that book at the time. And when they were going to relaunch Spider Gwen, they thought, well, we can't keep just calling her volume Spider Gwen. We need some brand recognition. So they called her Ghost Spider, which is pretty rad. But also it belonged to a parallel universe version of Spider-Man who would lure other Spider-Men into his universe and kill them so he could become more powerful. Like like Jet Li's the one? Dude, <laughs> yes! What the hell? That's yes. awesome. For a while in Marvel Comics, there was this weird... I, they've they've done it at least twice, where if you kill a parallel universe version of yourself, you get stronger. Just like movie. Jet Li's The One. <laughs> I want that movie. Which is a terrible spider you long. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm not ready. <laughs> I will be the one. <laughs> yeah, I'm nobody's spider so, bitch. So this, so this Spider-Man, he ended up killing so many versions of himself. He was like Superman for a hot minute. And then... You know, he eventually became like a ghostwriter. Like he's all white and he's got a like a blue flame white skull. The costume what? is the costume is in the PS, the PlayStation game. But I think they renamed it as Spirit Spider. You can look that up. I don't know if you want to pop that on is screen that what for that people. Is? That's, That's what that sick. is. That's in the comics. He was called what? Ghost Spider. It's yeah. insane, too. And then they had Spider Gwen take the name. So. Wow. It was good. Incredible stuff. Absolutely incredible stuff, man. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and uh, and it was interesting too. Is that do they have like a like a like a Disney Junior type show with like the, the three three Spider people? You got Peter, Miles, and uh, Gwen, and kids yep. love it. Like my nieces go crazy uh, uh, for it. And I'm like, who's your favorite character? And she's like, Ghost Spider. I'm like, Ghost Spider. Who's that? You mean Spider Gwen? She's like, No, it's Ghost Spider, Uncle. <laughs> don't they and, don't they also give Miles a different name in that show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I forget his name, but yeah, it's it's not Miles. Um, I, I remember I what it in, is. in I think Ultimate Spider-Man they called him Spy hyphen D, like Spy D. It's it's not that. Yeah, I forget what it is. Yeah, but but uh, it's um it's like you can't have two people call or is it Kid Arachnid or Spin? I think it's Spin in like Spidey that. and His Amazing Friends. Yeah, yeah. you know uh, that's the whole thing about legacy characters. You know, you either have them replace them. So they can just carry on the name. So Miles can be Spider-Man because he's the only Spider-Man, which makes sense, especially in the context of this movie. In his universe, he's the only Spider-Man. But in a show where he coexists with Peter or in the comics where he coexists with Peter, you know, it's always like, is he Spider-Man? Is he Spider-Man 2? Is he just <laughs> Miles Morales? Is he right. the black Spider-Man? Not because of his skin, but because of the color of his suit. You know, it's <laughs> you got to be careful. 
you know <laughs> you gotta I mean, be I mean, careful I, mean, I, I love how in in the live action you know the, you had uh jimmy fox's electro he's just like man like you're you like you 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 live in new york you you help poor people i, I, I thought, thought you were black I, I thought you were black he's like oh i'm so sorry he's like ah oh, it's probably a black spider out there somewhere <laughs> but uh speaking of uh, all these other characters man i mean th- this movie has so many spider people and we have like uh some other villains too like it starts off with like a da vinci version of the vulture Oh, which yeah. was pretty sweet and has Gwen's fighting him. He's like, well, you kind of made out of paper. I wouldn't shoot these <laughs> missiles and yeah. fire. I love that he, and he's destroying, what is he, destroying the Museum of Modern Art? So it's yeah. like, this isn't art. And it's like, well, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about it, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Just the commentary is so good, dude. From start to finish, the story, the jokes, the quips, the stakes. I mean, you feel so much in this movie um yeah like just like the drama the family aspect and, and i've seen so many families who love like the parents and you see uh, some o- older people uh you know in our parents generation who are just like oh yeah like you know that that mother's me that that dad's me you know i have my friends who are puerto rican and have kids and they're like, oh yeah like that mother is me like that's exactly how yeah. i am and i had the fortunes of of seeing it for the first time in new york so all the new yorkisms played like crazy oh uh, when he crazy. when he did that bit where she's like hey you think you think spider-man's puerto rican and miles is like no nah, i think he's dominican people were <laughs> hollering <laughs> hollering in my theater crazy and uh, wait, wait, but she snapped her fingers and it was the puerto rican flag You're like yeah yeah <laughs> it was crazy and then uh, uh the moment where he's sitting in uh in the, the school's office and he's talking about and she's saying how oh you want to go to print like new jersey's too far new jersey's too far yeah <laughs> people were dying it's funny in my theater you know like when they splashed like like brooklyn across the screen people were like brooklyn <laughs> if you guys are from new york i mean it's just it just plays different i mean the new york audience was absolutely insane it made it so much better absolutely like so, so much better especially people were the- even whooping for uh Mumbatton. yeah yeah, yeah. the indie version of, of manhattan like dude like that was so sick you know, like, here's the traffic. Traffic's over here. Traffic's over there. And here's where all the British star stuff. <laughs> that, yo, that killed. That absolutely destroyed. People who knew, like, laughed the heart. You either laughed at that or you stay quiet. And people in certain theaters, you know, like, uh, it, it killed or some people were, weren't really laughing. But it was so funny. Um, yeah. and, and that character was awesome, too. Like, he was his own, like, yeah, intelligent, amazing. And he's like, oh, I love how being Spider-Man is so easy. <laughs> so like every other spider was always Peter's like oh it's so hard Miles is like dang I gotta juggle stuff and he's like oh yeah this is awesome I just do this do that I look really good I don't put any hair products or anything like that don't work out too much because I don't want to get too big <laughs> he's, he's like a Bollywood star he's just like incredibly handsome with that, that beautiful oh. hair that they have it was absolutely awesome I was just like yo that that's so freaking dope just effortlessly yeah. just having fun while Miles and Peter are just struggling to be spider people um, but yeah, man, like I, I want to really hand it to the creators, to the, to the writers, producers, directors. I mean, they knew what they were. I mean, it's such an incredible movie. This movie was a bag of cats. It was just it's like snakes in the little, you know, like bag, <laughs> bag with no cats. handle on it. Don't it you was, mean like, a bag of spiders? <laughs> a bag, that's terrifying. A bag, a bag of bag of absolutes. You know, there's supposed to, there was supposed to be some sort of like gigantic spider uh, somewhere in the movie, but they took it out because like, oh yeah, people have arachnophobia. So let's yeah. let's let's not let's not use that. Let's not freak him out too much. Yeah, let's also not do the Wild Wild West thing. Let's or the that that would be Superman movie where he didn't fly and there was a giant spider and Kevin Smith was like, I can't believe somebody wanted to make that. 
Um, and, yet, and, yet, <laughs> and yet, and yet, and yet he did. But uh, Casey, what was uh, one of your your favorite aspects about the movie? Oh, uh, I mean, I there's probably so many. The, uh, it, it's really tough to count. I mean, I there's not a dull moment in the movie, even where the it slows down a little bit to have Miles interact with his parents. It leads in with this like great shot of him. I mean, it's got the whole montage of him with the cakes, but the scene where he gets into his apartment building and he's getting changed into his normal clothes and he shoots up the, the staircase. It's just stuff like that. That really reminds me like this is doing stuff that a live action film never could. You're not going to have that sort of slow pan up montage and then a slingshot through the staircase with a live action Spider-Man. Like you're just not going to see stuff like that. Um, I love the the whole idea of turning a joke villain into a serious threat. That's a a number one trope in my book for me. All the stuff they do at the spot in this movie where it's like, you're a villain of the week. Like they're they're pointing out all this tropey nonsense. You know, even the the discussion about canon events and and what have you. It's like it's just this is coming right out of a comic book reader's mouth. You know? The the whole angle with with Miguel and everything, you know, is he's just echoing criticisms of miles morales from people who didn't want to read about him when he first debuted you know you don't belong you know you're not you're not a real spider-man like all that stuff you know presumably without all the racist connotation that came from a lot of terrible white comic book fans but i'll leave that you know to the side um but i do love how they they do like put that in the movie and yeah and the the creator and and the 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 lead actress shereka moore and the director actually said yeah we that's that's exactly what that was yeah we were were harkening back to that time where people didn't accept miles as as spider-man i was like that's awesome yeah it's really great good that they put it in here yeah i love the i love the the take that they do with uh, spider-man 29 2099 in this movie he's not really like that in the comics um he's he's not i wouldn't say he's funny he makes bad jokes but it's like oh god it's dad jokes spider-man like like it's something that really sets him apart like he's got cool science stuff and all kinds of great things in his own right but he's not this like dour weight of the world on my shoulders kind of spider-man that's here and i think oscar isaac does an incredible uh job you know, as a, as a voice actor, I mean, he's a, he's a big time actor on screen. So is Haley Steinfeld. Um, but you know, he really brings it and he's certainly my favorite character in this movie, which I didn't think anybody would ever outclass Peter B, but they put so much into him and he's so intense and so visually striking every detail from the sort of Mesoamerican designs on his costume, which, you know, people who are familiar with his comic book costume, it's pretty close. Um, but it's also like, well, why does Spider-Man have like a weird skull design? That doesn't make any sense, right? He's not like the Punisher or anything. And it's because Miguel O'Hara got that costume from like a Dia de los Muertos celebration. And he just repurposed it as a Spider-Man costume. But here they make it, they make the skull look more spider-like. It's got, you know, the arms and stuff. That's pretty typical of Spider-Man. He's got a sort of diamond shape on his back. That's reminiscent of like a black widow spider and things like that. So they definitely spidered him up a little more, but they also kept these interesting cultural roots and, and things like that. Just everything about him, every little technological detail and wiggly woo that happens to, you know, when he gets electrocuted by miles midway through the movie, just everything his theme song the presentation he's he's so great um you know the chase sequence i think is is really the the best single part of this movie 
Um, I think that's hard to argue. Ever since people saw the trailer where there's just a million and one spider people chasing after Miles, you knew that this was going to be a huge bombastic climax where you're going to see all kinds of stuff. There's millions of cameos from Spider-Man we already know from the comics, you know, from other animated properties and things like that. Um, you know, it's just a real it's a real treat for people who have been fans of Spider-Man for a very long time and people who are just getting into Spider-Man either through Miles or, you know, through the MCU films and things like that. It's a great, great place and a great time to be a Spider-Man fan. Dude, everyone who's a Spider-Man fan who's casually into it, they absolutely ate in this movie with no crumbs left. I mean, they gave you every possible thing. They caught on all the spider people. And in the crux of the story where there was a spider from another universe that came into Miles's universe that shouldn't have been there. And dun, him dun, dun. being the original anomaly. And, you know, Miguel sort of holding everything together really harping on Miles just being this thing that shouldn't exist. Also, the commentary of real life when Miles Morales came out and people saying, you know, something along the same lines. I love the fact that they, uh, the creators of this movie, also pull stuff in from real life, like this Spider-Man pointing me. Yeah. I love they put it in here because, you know, at this part of the movie, we have, you know, Miles being told, it's like, hey, you, you can't go anywhere. This is what it is. So Spider-People are supposed to go through trauma. That's what makes us like Spider-Man. And Miles is like, well, I can't allow my own my own dad to you're die. Gonna, you you're just going to cool let with- my dad, like, you're going to you're gonna tell me my dad's going to die, and then you're going to say you can't do anything about it? That's and, crazy. And the, dude, and the, same, and the same looking over at Gwen Stacy, it's like, isn't your dad about to be captain? Like, what are you going to do? And she kind of just looks down like she just accepts it. Like, okay, if this is what yeah. needs to happen so the universe doesn't explode or implode on itself, then whatever. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to do things my way. And then he escapes. And a lot of girls like, wait, <laughs> stop Spider-Man. And they all point at each other. You, you, yeah. You. <laughs> Yo, like that played so every time I saw this movie, it absolutely because everyone everyone just is into the zeitgeist of Spider-Man and memes, even ordinary people like just yeah. they recognize the meme. If it wasn't even just put in like a Facebook chat, a text chat or something like that, it's just permeated into the psyche. And and talk about the cameos, Jeremy. We have even something oh. where you had Donald Glover, the live action prowler. Live action prowler. Your- I, like, I would Yo. love to see him fight. In, in an MCU movie, but I mean, I'm just glad we got it here. Yeah, yeah seriously. Uh, we also had, you know, like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, because yep. this is, you know, the, the Sony-verse. Loves it. Dude, everybody was like, oh, when they saw Andrew. Yeah. Because he, he played, s- dude, he played so well in that last movie in No Way Home. Oh, yeah. You know, like everyone just, just fell for it, especially them giving him another moment to save an MJ Gwen-like type character, you know, jumping after... Like Zendaya, like rescuing her, asking if she's okay, and everyone, everyone in the audience was like crying, and even I was, I was like, oh my god, whoever did this is a genius. Yeah, they're a genius. I can't believe they did this. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I mean, and people are are going on social media, just absolutely raving about this movie, and and absolutely just having their minds blown. Like, wait a minute, there's a spider T Rex. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's that? And you can just look like, it up. <laughs> you can just look it up, and you'd be like, oh shit, this is like, a weird is a universe. Thing. And people, yeah. and people are going on through like, wait, this there isn't like a spider X thing here that I saw in the movie, right? Like the spider cats that's just like exploding in popularity, people wanting plushies and all <laughs> sorts of things with that, coffee mugs and certain things. I mean, if they didn't make merchandise off of every single thing, they, they're, they're going to make so much money off of the merchandising alone. Merchandising. Um, absolutely insane. There's so many things to eat from, from this movie. I mean, we talked about the animation being 10 out of 10 top notch, absolutely insane 
scene. Like, shout-outs to the animators. I mean, they're definitely given, like, free reign because even though directors and producers have a hand in this movie, and the writers, too, like, you can't possibly imagine what the creatives can do. And there's probably like, okay, we know these animation tricks and secrets and all these different styles that come together. And then <laughs> to wrangle all that into a coherent, continuous movie is absolutely insane. I don't know how you do that. Like, Sony needs to give the keys to the kingdom, you know, to the absolute incredible direction that is... I'm to find their names here. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yes, there we go. Don't get old, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I, they, they should be given the keys to the kingdom. I mean, they've yeah. done great with like every project that they've done. And in this movie, it proves that you can have an incredible Spider-Man movie that has nothing to do with an expansive... Uh, oh man, how should I put this? I, I like that this movie has its own identity, right? And the Spider-Man in this movie, Miles Morales, has his own identity, albeit, yes, he is sort of Spider-Man Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but he's not trying to be another character like in the MCU. They were trying to make Tom Holland Spider-Man like Tony Stark. Right. A little Iron Man Jr. You know, they were giving him... All these different advantages that Iron Man had, giving him a suit with an AI, you know. All and then what do they do with him? They take it all away. They take it all away. Because, I mean, like, so somebody there had, you know, uh, there was an adult room who was like, hey, this is kind of getting nuts. Why are we making him Iron Lad? You know what I mean? This is ridiculous. Like, Spider-Man mm -hmm. doesn't have an AI. It's like, Spider-Man that we know Peter Parker, like, doesn't need that stuff. It's like, it, it takes away what makes him Spider-Man. And him being such, like, a young kid, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. This movie really exemplified, like, have the character just be the Spider-Man. Have him be himself. I mean, even Miles saying stuff like, I'm going to do my own thing. Everyone keeps telling me, you know, my story. And I love that part of the movie where, you know, Miguel saying, you shouldn't exist. Like, this shouldn't be a thing. You know, again, you know, the directors and everybody's saying, yeah, that was echoing, you know, what people were saying when they when we, you know, introduced Miles uh, into the, the comic universe. Um but man, I absolutely loved this movie. I mean, the the drama with, with the family, him trying to juggle being a superhero and trying to, you know, be like, like a good kid with his parents. I mean, the whole scene where he goes from the Spider-Verse, like Web, Web Central, back to, quote unquote, his universe, tries to tell his mom in such a heartwarming moment that he's Spider-Man, like, like coming into and she's just like okay is that one of your <laughs> is that one of your things like that's that's cute like what are you what are you talking about and he's like huh and then he glitches out and you're like oh damn he's not in his universe yo <laughs> and he's like wait a minute this and then like his uncle walks in who's supposed to be dead at the prowler like oh snap it's a prowler and then he's like come on let's go goes to the rooftop he's like oh this is a universe without a spot this is the spider that bit me it came from here this one does not have a spider-man there is crime everywhere. There's oh, it's real bad out there. He gets knocked in the face and then wakes up and is scared of his uncle. He's like, hey, hey, listen, listen, I'm not supposed to be here. I, I like, listen, let me explain. And then the Prowler comes in. He's like, wait a minute. If he's not the Prowler, then, then who is? And boom, it's himself from that dun, universe. Dun. He's a Prowler and he's staring at himself. And, and oh, man, it's so crazy how everything is coming into fruition. And, and, then, and then boom. Part two, Beyond the Spider-Verse. Absolutely insane. I mean, this Miles movie Miles Morales so good... will return. Dude, there's so many good parts of this movie. You have the relationship between him and Gwen, you know, sort of being a friendship to a little bit more, but but nothing too too crazy because it's also like a kid's movie. You know, like I like how they didn't go 
like a hundred percent. Oh yeah, these two are gonna be like smoochy, smoochy, lovey dovey. You know, they're they're friends. She's trying to keep him at like like a distance. You know, like I learned a new can... I learned a new word. Uh, oh. I follow uh, this guy FD Signifier on YouTube and Twitter, and he he really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff about what you know movies like this and Black Panther you know really mean to the black community and how that speaks to them, which is obviously an experience that I don't have being a white person. But I found out that. There is a, a term to refer to this sort of relate interracial relationship as the swirl. Wow, you! Uh, I've never you, heard of this never before. Heard of that? You've never heard of that. I think that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The swirl or uh, or uh, dipping in the milk. People you are know, just are throwing it at him. It's like FD. How do you feel about the swirl in this film? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> And he's like, I think they handled it pretty well. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, interesting, yeah. interesting, there, interesting. There, there are there are people in in the black community who also don't like the relationship between Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales because uh, there's so many negative portrayals in media and in movies and TV shows on on black love where there's always some sort of caveat. There's some sort of you know like, like the husband's a hoodlum and the, and the and the wife's a nurse or something like that. Yeah. Or you know they're abusive to each other. And, you know, you know, even, you know, like pointing fingers at certain black creators like Tyler Perry, Shonda Rhimes, you know, black people in power who do make some of these things and not having a, a positive outlook. So you have even like, you know, like like black mother groups who are just like, oh, you know, I took my little boy to see it. You know, like I, I, I love that there is like a black, you know, spider woman in this movie. Miles Morales is black. My son's obviously black. Then you have to go for like the white girl. Like, why isn't there another like like black like a spider girl and there was one in the movie like where can there be like some positive black and black love so there are people from the black community who who were okay with it didn't mind it some people were like oh whatever i didn't even think about it to some people in the black community even like like black mother groups who are just like oh like why is he going after like why we be seeing right. this trope so many times in hollywood where like you know the black boy and there there, there is there is like i'm not going to go into a deeper conversation but there is like an over hyper sexualization of black males that comes from slavery times where right. they're bred to be like you know, uh, like, you know, cattle and breed and stuff like that. Um, and it still sort of permeates to, to yeah, to it continues day. today in adult yeah. media and all kinds of stuff. It's really, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so, so, but, but I personally, I, I liked it. I thought it was, uh, you know, it, I saw it as them as like doing like sort of showing kids that you can just like, you can be friends and have a good, healthy relationship with, with somebody that, that you like or admire, you know, you're not necessarily full at going fully in and be like boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever because you can kind of see miles is into her and she she's in, into into miles too but at the same time like sort of keeping that sort of like distance because gwen's like well in every universe you know gwen stacy does fall for spider-man but in and most of them are often not it doesn't work out yeah falls and then, off a bridge down a clock tower <laughs> several you know, ways of falling all the horrendous stuff and gwen's just like damn it all all the best stuff happens to me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. What the hell? And that's apparently <laughs> that's what's that's gonna apparently be a big feature in the next movie is is we see parallel Gwens and stuff, and it's Ooh. they will probably show something I've been dying to see, which Whoa, is choice of words there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh is Peter B's version of Gwen Stacy. Ooh. Now, by all accounts, Peter B. Parker is your classic Spider-Man, right? Everything that's happened to, uh, say, a comic book Spider-Man has probably happened to him, right? You know, the full relationship with Mary Jane now having, you know, May. I think that he had a Gwen Stacy as a kid and he has just completely avoided talking about it with Ghost Spider. Because how are you going to like, how could you possibly bring it up where it's like, hey, so this is weird. You look like uh, 
the 16 year old version of the girl I loved when I was 16. You know, there's no okay way to talk about that. Right. It's like, you're, you're my dead girlfriend who's standing right in front of me again. I'm just trying to get my life back together here. And, and, and now I have to see like, what's happening. What's going yeah, on, you know? And yeah, it would be, yeah. I, I can understand why it would be a weird thing to put in the first movie because it's really about him getting over his own personal hangups and, you know, rekindling with Mary Jane, who is his, you know, the true love of his life, the true living love of his life. Um, but if they're, if they're going to explore what happens to Gwen Stacy's in the multiverse, I, I, I need it. I need, I need some acknowledgement that Peter B had a Gwen in his life and he is just so deeply repressed it, you know? Yeah. Cause even in, in, in like the, the spider verse, like central there, there weren't uh correct from wrong. There weren't other Gwen Stacy's were there. As far as we know. I mean, there are a lot of spider women there yeah. who were fully masked. So you can't really tell, but, and some dummy thick ones too. I was going to say, that don't the think one I that didn't was, notice <laughs> the, one, the one that was really, really thick. They had her in the foreground. Her suit when it came out was amazing. What yeah. the hell? She looked like she looked poisonous. She looked deadly. She had like a bunch of eyes and the pattern. Oh, the, I was the like, one with the blue carapace. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I, I think looking. she's. I was uh, like, Yo. Yeah, I think she's supposed to be like a spin on Aranya. Um, that's a pretty, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean. I've been following a lot of these artists and anim animators on Twitter, and they're showing all these behind the scenes looks at, at you know, the designs for even these tiny, you know, infinitesimal background characters. So much work went into this movie, and it's no wonder that it took like four or five years to create. Absolutely. Maybe they'll have an Andrew Garfield saving MJ moment for Peter B. Parker in Beyond the Spider-Verse. Oh. I, I don't think we need to put this man through anymore. He's been Spider-Man for 22 years. Like it's, I don't know if he's the oldest one in that room, but I mean, the fact that Miguel puts up with him um, has got to stand for something. He yeah. might be the biggest veteran Spider-Man and out of all of them. Which is I think so because so, because he even like you know well but like 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 Peter B's like quipping and kind of whatever and and you know his kids just going all around uh you know like but, but Miguel just sort of takes it he just sort of just like yeah accepts it that doesn't tell him to shut up or like you know get out of here and you know he sort of like has like an air of like reverence for him too yeah you know? and and also he was there for Miguel when the universe was collapsing around him that's a that's yeah. a pretty big thing big to stand thing. by your guy yeah. Because so. I, I guess he's supposed to be like like the like Peter, you know, the one like the, re yeah. the responsibility. Yeah, uh, I would love to have seen Nicholas Cage's, uh, you know, noir back in here. I loved his character. He'll be in the next look. one. Yeah, they got dude, the band I, back I, together. I, I, can't, I can't wait. I absolutely love that one. And some people like missed that, that crew from the last one, but I think there were so many characters and. The story here kind of worked with that. I mean, you had like the uh, like the the Japanese like GB one like towards the end. You know, they really yeah. seem too much, but. I, I think I think the movie works. They, they like, Evangelioned really well. her up. She went through a couple yeah. of canon events since we last <laughs> saw her. I really put her through the ringer. Oh man, what was your favorite uh, sort of cameo Easter egg? Was there one that really like blew your mind? Or uh, I mean, twenty ninety nine isn't really a cameo since they made him a full character. But when he was teased in the last movie, I was really looking forward to what they'd do with him. Um, a couple of fun ones. I love that they got that 14-year-old kid to do the Lego Spider-Man segments. I think that's what an that amazing awesome. elevation of fan to, you know, actually working on these things. Oh, what's that, what's that story? 
Oh well, so so when they put out the trailer for Spider Verse a couple of years ago, this kid on YouTube who did a bunch who does a bunch of YouTube you know recreations you know in Lego of film trailers did the Spider Verse one, and then since the film was still in development at the time, I guess they just hired him to do that you know minute long segment where the you know the spot pops into his universe. That's um, awesome! What? Yeah, that's insane! Oh yeah. Um, you know, and then he's since he's since gone on to remake a bunch of scenes like shot for shot from the movie, which I think is really cool. Um, but it's so I mean, they just grabbed some kid who's just been doing it on YouTube. But like his work is incredible. Like I've seen a couple of stop motion, you know, Lego stuff before. But this kid really goes by the book in the same way like the Lego movie does. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in animation, they have these little transitions, you know, like where things get like stretched. You know, like if a cartoon character moves really fast, there's like a big smear is what they call it. In the Lego movie, everything was made out of Legos, even things like the smear effects. And this kid does the same thing. You know, Um, it's really like you got to really like pause frame by frame and look at some of this stuff because the the detail is impeccable. But for a kid to do this sort of thing, I I think is amazing. And I think they recognize that, too. And they and they put them in. Um, Good for him. Other great cameos. I love Mayday Parker. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Spider-Girl run of comics and that whole MC2 universe where you get to see, you know, Avengers Next and the X-People and a whole bunch of of future superheroes like Dark Devil. Um, That's the universe she comes from and really where they're kind of pushing Peter B. into that sort of successor universe. Um, You know, my original thoughts for this movie is, you know, they'd go to recruit peter b for some you know for some you know adventure across the multiverse and they'd they'd see him and he's like 16 years older you know he's got a gray streak in his hair you know he's working for the police department or something and he's like no 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 i'm i'm 54 years old i'm too old to do the spider-man thing anymore green goblin blew up my leg with a bomb like i'm not i'm retired you know my daughter's 16 she's spider girl you take her i'm not doing it you know i could i i could see it in my mind um you know that it actually sounds fun yeah i mean but that would be a thing if like you know then it gets complicated where it's like oh in in one universe you know miles and everybody else only aged a year but for peter it was 16 and it's like you know it, they probably want him in the movie more they the idea of why he had may because of miles the kind of person that he wants her to become i think it's better shown with her just as a baby instead of a fully grown adult or not fully grown adult, but, you know, like a an active superhero teenager. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it could have it, it could have been great. We may still see it. I mean, we could get an epilogue in this next movie where we see what is spider. What is Miles Morales like as an adult Spider-Man? Right. You know, you see yeah. him where he's been Spider-Man for 16 years or something like that. You get to see you know, Mayday inherit the mantle in her universe. It's very possible we'll still see it, but I was in my in my mind, I thought what that would be a very interesting twist and a good way to write Peter B out of these movies because his arc is more or less complete. Um, you know, he's fully entrenched in his role as Spider-Man, a multiversal Spider-Man. He's he's got the family thing worked out, you know, he's raising a kid. Like things are going really good for him. He really turned it around. Um dude, absolutely it's 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 so crazy what this movie's done like the re- industry needs to take note of this movie they absolutely. are did you you've seen absolutely. the trailer for ninja turtles right 
Yeah. Oh, it's the same thing. They they totally like crib the animation style. You know. Oh, we're animating on the twos. Like it, it, it looks similar. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Inspired much? They know what people want. They like. Yeah. You know, I I can't tell you how funny it is to me that after seeing Spider Man in Civil War in 2016, which is seven years ago which i can't even that's crazy how does, I'm say, how how does, does it even work? work how does tom holland look exactly the same <laughs> after seven years he's a vampire um, like Keanu Reeves. but i i you know after after you know as great and and i love the redemption arc that andrew garfield is on for his work as spider-man but after those two not really that great movies seeing spy, a proper spider-man in civil war and then really good in homecoming you're like all right why doesn't sony just give marvel the keys right then 2018 rolls around into the Spider-Verse comes out and I'm like, no, let Sony, let Sony cook, <laughs> let them cook, let them cook. You know, they're, they're making an animated movie that looks like nothing else. It's exploring the deeper mythos of this character that the MCU is never going to touch or is too afraid to touch. Like, imagine them trying to roll out a Gwen Stacy at this point. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be impossible. You have to introduce this whole character. Like you gotta, yeah. Like there's, there's so much like like back building, you know. And and that was gonna lead me to talking to like you know uh, there was this whole other verse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Tom Holland Spider Man. You got yeah. you know his guy in the chair Ned, and you got his own MJ. It's just like this weird elsewhere. I always thought it's this like Elseworld story. Like I I and because because his his trilogy was okay. It's I liked messy. Homecoming. It's so messy. Yeah, and yeah, you have it, to it watch. Just, you have to watch three. A, a, the funny thing about the Spider-Man trilogy is you have to watch another movie before you watch his movies. You must watch Civil War before you watch Homecoming. You you have to watch um, uh, not Infinity War, another one that came out right before No Way Home. Um, you know, or not No Way Home, uh, Far From Home. You know, and then No Way Home. You have to watch Infinity War and Endgame. Like it's just. You know, I appreciate the shared universe, but it's like you can't enjoy these Spider-Man movies in isolation anymore. Yeah. Except for and, these and, two. Except except for these two, which are like self-contained stories. And that's a really a problem with, with the MCU. Like, even though they did something incredible that no other studio has done before and every studio has tried to copy since, it really does make it messy, like you say, because uh, there's so much involved. So if you miss one of those things, you're like, oh, well, what are they referencing? Or like, why is this thing happening? Or why is this person different? Or yeah. this person, you know, like say, saying this. And um, then you see the Spider-Verse, you're like, man, this is a Spider-Man story. This is Spider-Man more than like the Tom Holland stuff. And, you know, we have a writer strike going on right now. So the next Tom Holland, like Spider-Man movie was put on hold because after the last one made so much money, which that one was supposed to be the last one. A license to no just give us more money. Yeah, You got three Spider-Man here with more money. <laughs> it made over a billion dollars. So it was just like, oh yeah, we're making another one. These things are so profitable. Um, but because of the writer's strike, it was, it was on hold. But I was just like, I hope everyone from those movies, uh, everyone involved, watch this one yeah this is how you do spider-man not mr stark mr stark oh i'm a little boy i don't want to be spider-man anymore i want to go to field trip with my friends i'm like give me a freaking break the age the age of the teenage peter parker is over if you're doing a young story about spider-man use miles just do it absolutely give us if you want a story about a mature spider-man a family man, a man who is living check to check, ju- trying to juggle every goddamn thing in his life. Most of his fans 
are between the ages of 25 and 50. It's just the way it is with people yeah. reading comic books. Old people want an old Peter Parker. Just I want to see this man struggle. I don't want any teenage bullshit. <laughs> I want him being like, oh, God, I didn't pick up the roast for dinner. Like, but I have to punch the shit out of the rhino. <laughs> like, just real shit. You know, I mean, they even had even had that in this movie where he was he needed to bring the the, the cakes to his dad's uh, promotion. That's party. great, and he fights Ar and armadillo, <laughs> armadillo. You know, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. So they even had that too. It was absolutely incredible, and and I understand that they, they were younger and they they geared the story younger, but I think it was a huge misstep because when I was a child, when I used to be a little boy, I mean, I had like the, the, the '90s. Spider-Man, and in that one, he was in college, you know, like, he was in university, you know, he was with, like, Doc Connors, and it had that incredible, like, metal theme with the guitar and, and the, stuff like that. the world's worst polo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Insane. 90s uh, Spider-Man, zero drip. And then we had the, the Toby, Toby Maguire, which was the quintessential Peter Parker, Spider-Man, struggling, stuff like that, like, so, and, and again, like, we were all young when we saw that, and even, even to this day, I've seen reaction videos of like this younger generation, we're talking like 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 teenagers from the quote unquote TikTok generation who have been doing YouTube reacts and Patreon reacts to the Tobey Maguire one, and they love it. They're like, "Whoa, this! I don't even know the Tom Holland one. This one's incredible. It holds and up." Just to see, just to see their reaction of just like, I kind of like this one better. Like I saw this one with this girl; she's like nineteen, and. Her older siblings were like, watch this one. Watch, this is my Spider-Man. And she liked it better than the Tom Holland ones. What does that tell you? What, I, don't know what, I don't know what that tells you. And she was just like, oh, he kind of, this kind of felt more like, like Spider-Man was capable, like he was stronger. I don't know. But, but anyway, I, mean, I look, hope look that no everyone. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go I was going to say, look no further than No Way Home to tell you, okay, we need to give Tom Holland a, a Dr. Octopus and a Green Goblin to fight. Well, how could we possibly do better than 2002 and 2004 with Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe? Let's, we, don't let's, we don't have to. <laughs> we'll just get them and smear a little CGI jelly on those faces. <laughs> Makes them younger. Oh my god! So it's any wonder. I wonder if if Tom Holland and the rest of his uh, uh, his you know crew who puts the movies together saw this uh, across the Spider Verse because in <laughs> recent news, Tom Holland talks about quitting being Spider Man. In a recent interview, talking uh, about you know, uh, long story short, he you know he said he's the luckiest kid alive. If you know he he got to play him for the rest of his life, um, he said you know they they did the character service. He thinks I think as long as we can do Peter Parker justice, uh, as long as we can keep elevating and making the films better and making them mean more, I think I'll be there. It'd be stupid to say that I wouldn't be the luckiest kid alive if I got to do it again. There's stuff going on, but uh, we'll have to just wait and see what happens. I mean, I, I listen. If I was in that camp of you know, like Spider-Man Homecoming, No Way Home, it, I, I, you know, for Far From Home, and I see this movie, I'm like, I, how, how are we going to make the next one? The next live act? We got to follow this? Because, like, people are, like, are seeing this movie, they're just like, this is a great Spider-Man movie, period. Yeah. One of the best Spider-Man movies, period. How do you then go back to a Tom Holland one where he's just like, oh, I'm so 
like sad that Tony Stark's dead, and I, I'm Ooh, sort of I don't have a, my secret identity is because nobody knows who Peter Parker is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, a little, like... I'm a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what do you even do? I mean, they, they, they rebooted him finally, you know, with none of the plucky sidekicks that were unnecessary. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you write the next live action one. So I don't know if, good, if there's a correlation. Good luck. I, I, I'm, I'm just being messy right now. I'm just being messy and saying that he saw this one and he's just like there's no way we can do it i gotta quit i have millions of dollars the last one was great the next one i have no idea how the next one's gonna be better this movie's a banger there's no way we can write a better script than this one it's i i don't see how give what it, are we gonna do give it to timothy chalamet yeah oh that's that's a good that's actually a good spot i read an yeah. interview i think today with tom holland joke that he feels so lucky that he gets to be spider-man in a world where timothy chalamet is also an actor <laughs> <laughs> You need to give him one deep Spider-Man, you know, web slinging yeah. on a worm, baby. Dude, I, he he could do it too, because I mean, like, he's he's a fantastic actor, absolutely. Just and, and for a young guy too, he's great in everything that yeah. he's in so far. Oh, Ruruchu, um, Tom Holland will never be James Bond. I will. He's not quitting all his movies. He's playing Spider-Man unless he gets a James Bond role. I I, I don't no think way, dude. I, like 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 the James Bond that movie. Um, it's owned by 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 a family. Um, unless they they give the rights, I don't think they sold the rights. There's a the, the Broccoli's are gonna own James Bond forever. Yeah, I, I they they're they're not gonna do that. They've I owned mean, it for seventy years. They're not they're not doing it. Yeah, J- James Bond has, has a certain look and feel, and 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 no spot to Tom Holland, but he's like this young kid i mean look at him as like nathan drake and and you know that he's a baby what, what, he's what a supposed to be uncharted baby. i mean i mean how did that play out for everybody yeah <laughs> but in any case casey um across the spider-verse fantastic ten, spectacular 10 out of 10 amazing amazing dude, absolutely incredible it's a nine out of ten for me at one minus one point for being a part two ah, <laughs> that's, 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 not the only, fair. that's that's the only thing that's the, that's the only because hey. I, I haven't seen the ending i haven't seen the ending empire strikes it. back also ended on a cliffhanger. Let's not forget. Very true. Very true. Very true. Very true. One of the one of the best stars movies of all time. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I I would say you know it's it's playing in, in theaters everywhere. I'd say this is absolutely full price. Bring your whole family. It has something for everybody. Every everyone that I, I left the theater with love the movie. Random people that I talked to were raving about it. You know, you hear people on the train, on the bus, wherever you are raving about about this movie and it's great to see you know like like young people seeing themselves up on screen there are so many like little black boys who were dressed as miles morales in a both theaters i went to you know they're in the costumes like they got the popcorn bucket oh yeah you know it was oh, man it, it was it was a career they got to got to see themselves and to see so many people who were just like yeah you you can be like that that's 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 what it is um which is why representation matters up on screen so everyone, uh, yeah, that's it for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I, I would say full matinee price. It's one hundred percent worth it. If if you hadn't seen the first one, they catch you up in this one, so you can just absolutely just dive into this one. Um, but do try to see the first one and and then come into this one. It really benefits. But uh, yeah, Casey, any last words for uh, Across the Spider-Verse? Uh, go see it, and until uh, we'll we'll be back here in nine months to talk about the sequel. <laughs> yeah hopefully it comes sooner than later that's it for us guys we'll see you later we'll see you another time